0: Ladies and gentlemen, this weekend, you may see a couple of photos from a wrestling show called Now That's Wrestling, where I'm dressed up as a banana, and I get beaten down by a big dude, and he shoves a banana down my throat. That is totally canon in wrestling at this point, because Nate the Grundana, the character in Now Wrestling, just got his butt kicked In Now That's Wrestling But it's also one of those things where It's kind of typical at this point But in a good way It's entertaining, it's fun It's also one of those things where If I had more time, I would talk about that Welcome to a very unique opening To this week's Brace for Impact Review I am your Impact player of WrestleLite Radio Nate the Effing great And today I will be talking about Final Resolution 2006 Which took place On january fifteenth, two thousand and six, had a pay per view buy rate of forty five thousand and tenants of nine hundred. This show has actually gotten some pretty good reviews, and honestly, after watching this show, I can understand why. And I can also state that this is one of those shows where it starts the year of when I started watching TNA. So kind of going in a little bit blind to a couple of these shows, but then once we get into the other shows that happened after Destination X, which actually is only two shows away, but if you want to listen in on that and what you can kind of expect going forward from that moment, check out episode one of Brace for Impact, where I talk about that, as that was my first TNA show that I ever watched and purchased, and I enjoyed it. So, let's talk about Final Resolution 2006. The opening package is just major hype for Sting coming in. They hype up the fact that Sting has made his return to wrestling, how it's going to be a huge tag match that features Monty Brown, Jeff Jarrett against Kristen Cage and Sting. That is the focal point of this entire show. And throughout the show, Shane Douglas is on commentary, he's asking everybody, what do you guys think of Sting coming What do you think it's about? Oh, Sting's just around, where's, you know, how are you guys feeling about Sting? You'll hear that question asked so many times that you almost get sick of it. But I don't really get too sick of it. It's just one of those things where it's like, dude, just take a chill pill. Not everybody needs to answer the question, how do they feel about Sting coming in, but... I guess they do need to know. Uh, So the pre-show matches, we had Team Canada's A1, Eric Young, and Petey Williams defeat the team of Jay Lethal, Kenny King, and Lance Hoyt in a six-man tag match that lasted five minutes and 54 seconds. And then we had the Latin American Exchange newly created team of Homicide and Conan. They defeated the Naturals in three minutes and 50 seconds. And guys... The Latin American exchange does play a bit of a part on this show. And I'll talk about that actually pretty shortly here, but we have to talk about the first matchup here, a six man tag team match to kick off the show, which was Alex Shelley, Roderick Strong and Austin Aries taking on Matt Bentley, Sanjay Dutt and Chris Sabin. So this team of Alex Shelley, Roderick Strong and Austin Aries has been a pretty devastating trio to the point where they have actually been almost steamrolling everybody that has been in their wake, in their path. And they wanted some competition for tonight. And literally, they were told, you're going to have competition tonight at the pay-per-view. Hence why you have this makeshift team of Bentley, Dutt, and Chris Sabin. We kick it off with Chris Sabin and Alex Shelley. Who, weirdly enough, they kind of both are rocking the same kind of hair color not necessarily the hairstyle but the hair color where they have a little bit of the darker deals to it um and what ended up happening i guess is that they just may have went to the same uh geez they went to the same hairdresser i guess so they start off they kind of do a little bit of fast-paced action there saban and dut do a nice double team powerbomb moonsault uh, tag team combination on there. I, I love that move for some reason. I love how they just pick somebody up and do a powerbomb, and they're like, hey, I'll flip you over, you're going to hit a moonsault. Really cool. Sanjay Dutt counters three backbreakers uh, attempts by uh, Roderick Strong. Jeez Louise. I was amazed by that. I was thinking, like, oh, here comes the backbreaker. Nope. Sanjay counters, here comes another. Nope, here comes... Nope, nope. Uh, Norton lights to Aries by Matt Bentley. And then we would see Sanjay Dunn. He goes for this sprinkler move. I'm not exactly one I can't remember exactly how he did that. He, but basically what he does, he does like the old school deal where he's got the guy's arm. He's on the top rope. He's doing the sprinkler motion. But unfortunately, he gets caught up. And he hits the hits the ropes, so unfortunately he cannot finish the sprinkler move. I think he does a head scissors with that move, but I'll have to wait and see. Sanjay Dunn then eats the what I call the modified 3D, which is the backbreaker into the neckbreaker deal. But Sanjay also eats a foot stomp from Alex Shelley, which makes that move even more devastating, in all honesty. It just... Damn. Damn, does that move look good. Austin Aries does a springboard back rake which I actually sent this to one of my friends here in Wisconsin I said hey dude I think I found a new move for you because he loves to do like the back rake deal so now he may do a springboard back rake which I would pay good money to see so if you ever get a chance go find Raging Nathan Gust and tell him hey we want to see you do a springboard back rake I think that'd be really cool from there we had a catapult into a boot and then a corkscrew plancha inside the ring. Alex Shelley, Roderick Strong, and Austin Aries are literally showcasing how great of a trio they are in this. Uh, Sanjay is able to get some momentum back by hitting a Tornado DET. Shelley, he jumps off of the top rope but eats a boot to the gut by Saban. Saban hits a hesitation dropkick to Shelley. Tornado DET hitting not only uh, Strong but also Aries hits there, Bentley hits the Shawn Michaels elbow. Dunt hits a Salida del Sol, and he gets some proper height with this move. I mean, he literally looks like he went up maybe seven, eight feet high with this move. It looked amazing. Saban hits a suicide dive. We get some strong, he cuts off a super kick by Bentley and hits a running boot. I think that was his version of the Claymore kick. Bentley is able to come back, hits a super kick to Roderick Strong, but then Shelly with a roll-up with the tights for the victory, giving Aries Strong and Shelly the victory here. Honestly, I gave this matchup an A. I really loved everything that went on with this matchup. I think that the trio, like I said before, of Aries Strong and Shelly are very amazing. honestly. If we had somebody like this in Lucha Underground, I think that that trio's division would just be literally capped off because no trio could beat those guys. That is my honest opinion about them. They were so good. Even though it's a matchup that literally just happened on the pre-show, maybe just announced on the pre-show, it really was like, wow, they did a lot with the time that they were given here, which was... 10 minutes and 32 seconds. In that 10 minutes and 32 seconds, they killed it. It was great. Mike Snay and Don West, they do a rundown of the card. Mention the uh, X Division title matchup between Samoa Joe and Daniels. The tag team title match between Team 3D and America Most Wanted. The main event matchup between Sting, Christian Cage versus Monty Brown and Jeff Jarrett. Then we go into a recap of everything that went on with the four live crew as i mentioned that the last show that conan turned his back on the four live crew by beating down kip and bg james but showing no ill will to Ron the truth killings and basically what co- falls out from here is that he's still trying to coax you know ron killings and enjoying him and ron's just kind of like no dude, i'm I'm good, I'm good. Um, we see the James gang is slowly being born here. But then it gets taken to a bit of a personal level because look Bob Armstrong. He is coming in. He's trying to play the peacekeeper between Conan and the James gang. He's literally trying to be this, I guess you could say, like, like some other peacekeeper, just trying to make things work out again. And Conan's like, oh, yeah, yeah, let's go talk right over here. And next thing you know, you have Bullet Bob Armstrong. He is on the ground and he's going to get surgery for his leg. And I just remember the funniest thing is just BG James. He is acting so all well to this, but it's just so funny how the way he says it. He's just like, you bro, you guys don't know. That was my daddy. <laughs> just like, well, that's awesome. Oh, man. Um,. Well, we go on to the next matchup, which is the Diamonds in the Rough taking on the James Gang. They really hyped this up as like the first time teaming up in TNA. Uh, James Gang, of course, do their classic, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children all ages, blah, blah, blah. And then Kip James ends it with saying, I got three words for you. Get it? Got it? Good. And all I'm thinking of myself was that was horrible. I mean, Kid Cash does it better. Edge did it better. That just did not fit at all. I know they were trying to like break away from the whole, you know, Degeneration X deal, and that's a little bit difficult to do. But at least give them props for trying. We get some nice back and forth from these two teams. BG does his little dance uh, during a pin attempt. Elix Skipper from the Diamonds of the Rough, He is able to do the Matrix move and just slip right up from that. In a kickout. It's just really great. We had David Young and Kip James. These guys are showing the casing that great, you know, strong man deal. Like, you know, they're doing shoulder blocks for each other, but they're not going down. It's just some really cool stuff like that. We get a double arm flip by Kip to both members of the Diamonds. Young is able to hit a spine buster. We get some more double team moves. Young goes for a moon... What the actual hell is? David Young goes for a moonsault on BG and misses. But I'm amazed that he was able to do that. Uh, Skipper, he's able to hit a buckshot lariat. Kip and BG clean house before Kip is able to hit the one and only on Skipper for the victory here. BG and Kip James picking up their win at 7 minutes and 47 seconds. This one I had is more of a C matchup. This was kind of a basic matchup. These guys are back together. It's all like a big hurrah. It would have been... Maybe a little bit higher, but, I mean, jeez, poor Diamond's in the rough right now. They're just getting shafted every which way. We get a backstage segment with Christopher Daniels, and Shane Douglas is asking him about his match with Samoa Joe. He says that he's impressed by Samoa Joe, but basically he is planning to beat the unbeatable, and that him winning the X Division title is going to be the next chapter of the new gospel of Christopher Daniels. I mean... I love the Fallen Angel gimmick. I really, really do. Now we go on to the matchup that I was really looking forward to. This was the match I thought to myself, okay, this I am very interested in seeing. I want to know how it is. And I'm looking forward to it. It is Hiroshi Tanahashi versus AJ Styles. So they have this kind of international program where New Japan is sending people from from their company over to TNA for national exposure, just to kind of see how everything works out. And they send Hiroshi Tanahashi, who they just praise the hell out of, and for good reason. They talk about his some of his accomplishments, including uh, the G1 Classic, where he defeated Scott Hall in the finals. Just so much good stuff they really do for him. Oh, my gosh. Hiroshi Tanahashi, yes. So, matchup starts with some deep arm drags. By Tanahashi after hitting a corner dropkick. My God was that move. Just so cool. We see AJ Styles hit his beautiful dropkick. And then we get a strike off between the two of them. AJ Styles hits his knee. Then Hiroshi Tanahashi is like, okay, I got some moves for you. German Suplex hits an elbow drop. And then he hits a somersault senton onto AJ Styles. I'm literally just like, oh man, this is getting good. This is getting good. Holy cow. He goes into a sleeper hold on AJ, and then he locks in a dragon sleeper, and then he decides to take AJ's neck and just swing him around. And I'm thinking, my God, the strength of this dude, and also the neck strength of AJ Styles, because I was worried that he was just going to hop into the audience. We see Hiroshi try to go for a top elbow drop, but he misses. Integrated by it. AJ. He hits the phenomenal forearm to the back, a suplex neckbreaker. Tanahashi hits a full Nelson slam, a back suplex countered into a crossbody from the top rope. Tanahashi was trying to do like a super back superplex, but AJ Styles was able to counter that beautifully. We see Shannon Moore get involved, and there's a story that's involving Shannon Moore and AJ Styles, where basically Shannon Moore's taken the Mr. TNA award that AJ Styles won for 2005, he tries to hit AJ with the award, but AJ Ducks and Tanahashi gets hit with it, Shannon Moore gets a Pele kick from AJ Styles, Styles hits the Clash for the victory, and it looks like AJ Styles is getting his award back because Tanahashi gives it back to him. But Shannon Moore takes it away, and that story is going to continue. Oh, my God, this is so stupid. So I would have given this an A had it not been for the finish. I really am not interested in the story between Shannon Moore and AJ Styles. I gave this one a B. It would have been a complete A because everything up until that finish was so good I loved the chemistry that these guys had I loved the back and forth that they gave we see some great moves by tanahashi we see some great moves from AJ of course because it's AJ freaking Styles for goodness sakes but again the it just uh it just got ruined by Shannon Moore that that made me sad. So, throughout the night, we get some Dave Hebner cameos where he's just appearing in the audience and then he's up on the stage. Uh, They don't really address it too much during the show. So, I'm going to try to do some research on that and maybe get you guys an answer by the next show. It's just really weird. I'm just seeing Dave Hebner. I'm like, is there like a point to this? Are we getting like a prelude to like Earl Hebner coming in or something? I, I don't know. We get a recap of the rivalry between Larry Zabisco and Raven, where basically Larry's trying to get Raven to leave TNA and Raven's refusing. Finally, now it's at a point at Final Resolution where Raven's like, okay, I want a shot at the title and you want me gone. So here's what I'll do. If I lose, I'll leave. But If I win, I get my title shot. Larry agrees and That's where we're at at this point. So Raven is going to be putting his career on the line against a mystery opponent. And if he loses, he's gone. If he wins, he gets a shot at the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. We get a nice backstage interview with Raven where he talks about his love for wrestling, how it's his passion and his mistress, how he's laying it all on the line tonight and all for that shot at the NWA World Heavyweight title. Quote the Raven, nevermore. I... I may not be a fan of his wrestling, but his promos are really good. I really do love his Raven promos. I, It's great. So we go into the next matchup, which, oh, I forgot to mention. AJ Styles and Hiroshi Tanahashi was 11 minutes and 3 seconds a pure beauty. It's a no-disqualification matchup. Raven taking on the returning Sean Waltman. Raven, he comes out and he brings a cart of weapons and as he's coming out, he just tosses that cart over to Sean Waltman. Raven chases Larry around the ring until Waltman uses a trash can laid on his head. We get some kendo stick shots. We get some chi- uh, cart shots by Waltman to Raven. Raven is fighting back and tosses Waltman off of the stage in, in the cart. So... I think I will say that the term tosses is kind of vague to say. So how it worked was that he had Waltman in the cart. He's on top of the stage. He pushes the cart, and just before Waltman is about to reach the edge, the cart kind of falls back, and Waltman kind of hits his butt and then goes down onto uh, off of the stage. So tosses, I guess, is kind of a... You know, just whatever your definition is of it. We see that move, but it was still kind of a brutal move. We see a clothesline to the referee by accident. Raven hits the Raven effect, and it looks like he's going to pick up the victory. Larry steps in as the ref. We get a slow count onto Raven. Raven gets the X-factor. Larry Zabisco does a regular count on Raven, but Raven's kicking out. We see a ladder in play, as well as a table, and Raven sets up the ladder, and it looks like we're going to see a Bronco Buster by Sean Waltman into the corner, but there's nobody there except for a nice steel ladder, so Waltman probably messed up his nuts right there. (laughs) Raven, he sets up the table, he sets up the ladder, he gets Waltman up into the top. Who knows what the hell he was thinking about. Larry distracts Raven, which allows a low blow, By Waltman and then Waltman hits a X factor from the top of the ladder through the table. And we get a one, two, Raven's foot gets on the rope. It looks like Larry kind of sees it, but he probably doesn't because there's the three count. Raven loses and Sean Waltman picks up the victory here. After the matchup, Raven is basically escorted out of the arena. And yeah, it seems like Raven is done from TNA. The match itself, I honestly gave it a B. I kind of liked this matchup here. Uh, it lasted for ten minutes even, and it also was one of those Raven matches where I didn't see the you know classic comeback deal where he does you know punches and a discus line and some of the classic stuff that he does. So it definitely felt like he had to go a different route, which. I like that he's kind of adapting to it. But also, no DQ matches are fun when you can do those kind of deals. It was actually really good. So, from there, we have Ron the Truth Killings. He's basically ready for Bobby Roode. There's a weird story that goes on with that, but I'll talk about that when we get to that in just a minute. Conan, he comes in. He's still trying to coax you know Killings into joining LAX and truth is just like hey i'm free from the drama i am not getting in between anybody i'm i'm out i'm out so there's this weird moment where he where conan says to ron he's like yeah i did you know did what i did to bullet bob but i wouldn't do the same to you you know that i wouldn't do the same to you right it's just one of those things where it's just really weird. It's like, yeah, I'm admitting that I basically assaulted an old man, but I would never do that to you, Ron Killings. Like, what the fuck? Okay, that what? Uh, this this is really weird. This is weird for me. Uh, Raven, he is outside of the arena, and then Larry's just like, "Hey, don't forget your bag." and He just throws the bag out at him, and I'm thinking to myself, "Wow." That must be how a lot of WWE superstars must have felt. That is that is cold. Then I have here my notes. Literally, Jackie Gaynor came out and said stuff. What I mean by that is I could not be bothered to even care what she said. It just was so disinteresting. She was saying something about how you know, we were both screwed, Raven, and this is bigger than us, and blah, blah, that kind of deal. And then he, she basically stating that she's got something to talk to Larry about. I'm Larry, thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, I, do, I don't think I really care. I just, why? Why are you here, and why are we doing this? So, uh, yeah, let's go into the next matchup. Bobby Roode versus Ron Killings. I feel like we've seen this matchup on pay-per-view before. And now we're playing it back again. Okay. Um, So the story behind this is Bobby Roode and Ron Killings had a match on Impact where Ron Killings pinned Roode in under 10 seconds. Then he wanted a rematch. And Killings beat him in 30 seconds. And then there was like this... Second match that was on another episode of Impact, where Rude one, So this is basically the rubber match between the two of them. Uh, okay, I guess. So Truth E just going for the quick victories again, but Rude is able to kick out And the mind games here. I will appreciate the mind games that are being played here. And the story being told is that Rude got pinned twice in under 30 seconds. So now he's just thinking, I can't let that happen. I can't let that happen again. So after these roll-up variations by Ron Killings, Truth decides to dive onto Rude. Rude slams Truth into the ring post to get some advantage. Then he locks in an abdominal stretch onto Ron Killings. And then we see Bobby Rude grabbing onto the hockey stick that was being held by Scott Demore. And basically, you're trying to add some more pressure onto the abdominal stretch. And quickly let go, referee looks around. He's like, okay, well, I guess there's nothing there. And then he does it for a second time. Second time, they come close to being caught. but Referee's just like, well, I know you're up to something. I don't know what, but I know you're up to something. Third time around, referee catches him. He's like, hey, you can't do that. You can't do that. What are you doing? And Bobby Roode then hits a middle rope knee drop. Truth is fighting off Rude. Rolls up onto the top. I love that. And then he does a missile drop kick. Hits the spinning lie detector. A heel kick. Rude versus a superplex. And he goes for a crossbody onto Truth. But Truth is able to counter it. And Rude kicks out. Conan, he comes out. It looks like he's going to distract Truth. But we see rude go for the northern light lariat truth ducks it and it looks like he's going to be able to hit an axe kick but then gets distracted by conan again rude nails the lariat for the second time and pins him ending the matchup at nine minutes and 53 seconds here after the match is over Conan, he's trying to recruit Truth, and Truth is just like, I do not want to be involved in this. BG comes out, and he wants to beat up on Conan, but then out comes Homicide, and they're beating down on BG, and Truth just leaves BG to that. Then Kip James, he comes out and makes the save. So the match itself, I gave it a C. It just felt like there was a little bit of offness to it. Maybe it was the fact that Conan got involved I just do not want to see any more of this whole three live crew deal involved again. Or maybe just a situation where just something felt really weird about the match itself. I mean, it was all based on the fact that Rude got beat in the matter of seconds, I guess. It's just, I liked some of the moments in the matchup, just not enough for me to be like, oh, this is a great matchup. We go backstage and we have James Mitchell. He is talking about how Rhino is a beast and essentially he's calling him weak. There was a line in there. I I kinda hate this line, but I also think that it was a really good line because it showed that there's a difference between a beast and a monster, where basically he talks about how a beast is only use is for procreation and that will make you always weak. Because they mentioned the fact that Rhino has mentioned his daughter in the past and You know, Beast has nothing against a monster. It was just one of those things where it's like, I don't necessarily like that line, but it's so one of those things where it's like, that really oddly makes sense (laughs) to where I'm just like, okay, I, I cannot deny James Mitchell's promo ability. He is that damn good. He is, I would dare say on level with Paul Heyman, he is that good of a guy. And he says that Abyss is going to black hole slam him. And when he does, it's going to be like a 70, 747 going into the earth. I just thought, damn, that's a visual. <laughs> it's a damn good visual. So the buildup for this is that Rhino wants Coach Demore. He wants Team Canada. He wants to just destroy them. And... Coach Demore is just like, okay, well, I need to find a distraction. Hey, James Mitchell, let's talk for a minute. So it looks like Rhino's going to get his hands on Coach Demore, but then Abyss comes out, beats him down, and that's what sets up this matchup between Rhino and Abyss at final resolution. We have a brawl to start off between the two of them. Uh, Rhino hits a plancha to Abyss on the outside. The fact that he's doing that, I'm amazed that Rhino can do that. We get some chair shots onto Rhino. So I know that there's a lot of these matches where it's referee discretion. I'm kind of at a point where it's like, I don't know if I just accept it or if I'm actually more okay with it now, because it's kind of one of those things where like you don't want to see, you know, consistent, you know, DQ finishes, but you also don't want to abuse that too much. So I think they gotta still find the right proper balance for it. But in this case. I say let the referee do what he wants. Rhino does a snapmare and then he does a drop kick to the back of Abyss. I was literally like, wow, that's that is new. I've never seen Rhino do that. Abyss, he throws Rhino into a corner and then he throws him into a corner where there's a wedged chair for him. Chop to Rhino and Mitchell <laughs> he yells out to Rhino. was like, does that burn? I'm like, it's a chop. Of course it's gonna burn you, dick gets a big boot by Abyss. Rhino's able to pick up Abyss up for a TKO. Rhino's getting some chair shots in on Abyss. He goes for the gore, but Mitchell distracts him. Abyss, he uses the chain while the is distracted because reasons, I guess. Rhino hits a spine buster. He goes for a Rhino driver onto some of the chairs, but Abyss, he counters it and he's looking to hit him with a choke slam rhino hits a low blow on abyss abyss literally says you know brock is a little bitch for selling that i no sold that shit and then he hits him with a black hole slam through some chairs one two three it's over abyss picks up the victory you know looking back at it now at a matchup that lasted about nine minutes and 18 seconds I originally wanted to give it a C. I think I'm going to give it a B actually, just because I kind of liked how that finish worked. Just literally a small moment where he gets kicked in the nads. And he's like, yeah, no, I'm not selling that. We into the chairs. Just, I think just for that moment alone made it amazing. But honestly, the match isn't as bad as I remember it being. It's still, again, just referee discretion can be a little bit wavy at times, but at the same time, it's not the worst thing to happen, so we go into the next matchup, our first of two title matches, which is the NWA World Tag Team Championships Team 3D challenging America's Most Wine. Team 3D, they talk about how they have been tag team champions everywhere, they've been tagged, they've been the tag team champions of ECW, of WCW, of WWE. And they want to be the NWA World Tag Team Championships. They said that they will trade every single one of those tag title runs in for a shot and for a reign as NWA World Tag Team Champions. In all honesty, that's a really strong thing to say, but it just shows how much the NWA World Tag Team titles meant to Team 3D at that point. Also, I think they wanted to say, fuck you, Vince McMahon, which I think I know a lot of us about. Uh, 16 years later, are saying that right now. So it kind of gives a little bit of full circle. Some of the X factors that they have, or like headlines for this, are they mentioned Team 3D's dominance? Uh, how America's Most Wanted is the self-proclaimed greatest tag team in TNA's history. I definitely would say they're in the top top five. Definitely, almost, I would almost dare say top three. And his final resolutions, basically, Team 3D's final destiny to become the NWA world tag team champions. And the intro for team 3d is great because literally Jimmy Borash says that tonight they're going to try to accomplish and be the grand slam champion tag team champions, basically. And we go into the matchup. Devon and storm. They have a nice, really good back and forth between the two of them. Frickin' Devon does a d- drop kick. I thought that was awesome. <laughs> we have Ray slamming Harris. Harris fights back with a clothesline. Ray goes for his second rope uh, senton, but he misses like always. We get a spinning elbow and neckbreaker, plus a spinebuster by Devon to Storm. I was kind of wondering what I was meaning by that point. It's like, oh, okay, he does his like spinning elbow off the ropes. Now I remember we get the whatsza from the Dudley from the team 3d and you know what that means Devon get the tables. They go for the tables and storm he just gets cracked with that with that table and then they turn around and Harris does a baseball slide onto team 3d's table just whacking them back. thought that was great. Chris Harris, he uses the tape to choke out Devon, but also clothesline him. Uh, we get a oh a team a tag team move where it looks like America's Most Wanted are going to do a corner spear, but Devon gets out of the way, Harris eats a turnbuckle, and Storm eats a clothesline. We get a Spagingo back body drop by. Brother Ray and a double clothesline. Harris, he hits Storm by mistake and gets a Northern Lights onto Devon. We get the heart attack to Ray for a near three count, a double suplex to Devon. They try to set up Ray for the death sentence, but it gets stopped. We get a doomsday device by the Dudley Boy, by the Team 3D, onto Harris. Storm hits Harris with a chair inadvertently. And then they hit their backdrop, Neckbreaker modified 3D, as I like to call it. Storm hits a super kick to Devon, and they send Storm through a table. We get a super close three count by Ray onto Harris. Gail, she comes in and she's giving this kind of powder to Harris. And then Ray's just like, hey, you know what? Why don't you both eat it? So slaps it up, gets in the eyes of Harris, gets in the eyes of Gale, but also gets in the eyes of the referee. We see a 3D to Chris Harris. The blind referee makes the three count. Everybody's thinking, oh my God, they did. Yeah, they did. Team 3D has won. Team Canada, they come in. They try to, they basically beat down the team 3d and they make it seem like chris harris picked up the victory and one of the moments i love about this is that the referee says that amw won but even jeremy borash is like what are you kidding me bro i know that team 3d won what are you doing man i could do your job better he's just got that face of like what (laughs) so as it turns out they announced America's Most Wanted Defeat, Team 3D to retain the NWA World Tag Team titles at 12 minutes and 41 seconds. Team Canada is literally just, you know, lifting them up, trying to get them up the rampway. They're celebrating. I gave this matchup a B. Honestly, the match itself was good. And I also Kind of liked the finish because you don't really see stuff like that often. Where the referee thinks, you know, okay, counted the three, and we're, I just need to find—I need to get the stuff out of my eye so I could find out who won. Could have been three D, but they obviously made it so that America's was wanted picked up the win. So I give them points for ingenuity and for originality. It was one of those matches. I thought this was this was good. I I kind of liked it. I kind of like everything that they did with this. We get a backstage promo with Jeff Jarrett, calling Christian and Sting the flavors of the month. And they think that they're going to do something desperate, which is going to cost them. Basically, they make it seem like they can't trust each other. They mention the fact, you know, Christian has turned on his brother, turned on Chris Jericho, turned on basically everybody, which is kind of funny because I'm... Going to talk about that again later on. Uh, we get a really weird promo by Monty Brown. He he is hamming it up with so many of these promos. And I'm just kind of like, what are you doing, dude? There are so many promos where you were doing really good. Talk about, you know, I'm the man of the scare- Serengeti. And you ain't going to survive me and everything like that. Just, I thought that was cool. And then I just see him just doing this kind of deal where he just, he impersonates Elmer Fudd, for goodness sakes. He's just saying, Christian saying, you better be very, very careful. I was like, what What the f- are you doing, dude? Oh, this is not the alpha male I want. This is the alpha male I hate. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, he does his classic, ego. Someone will feel the own sun. Period. I'll admit that's always the coolest part about his promos is that final bit. So we go into the semi-main, which is the X-Division Championship matchup. Samoa Joe defending against Christopher Daniels. The story for this, you guys, is literally Christopher Daniels was attacked by Samoa Joe after the Elimination X match. And... They report that Daniels had a great three concussions, so they're questioning whether or not he is fully ready to go. And Daniels is literally just like, I'm going to slay the unbeatable. I'm going to beat Samoa Joe. And Samoa Joe is basically thinking, well, I'm going to beat you to a pulp again. I'm going to end your career. So a couple things to kind of note about this is that for the longest time, Samoa Joe carried a towel that had Christopher Daniels' blood on it and he just kind of wore it as a trophy then he decided to have a nice clean towel just completely white as a way of just staying you know it's a new slate it's a new beginning to this whole deal with christopher daniels so i thought that was kind of cool another thing i kind of thought was interesting was he kind of does this like thing with his hair where he puts like little streaks in there. Sometimes it's like a blonde streak, sometimes a brown streak. This matchup he puts a red he puts red streaks in his hair. To which I thought, okay, that's pretty badass, actually. Because it shows that he is out for blood tonight. And the X factors are, you know, this is the rematch between the two of them, even though they mentioned the fact that the only time they really fought against each other was at, you know, uh Oh my gosh, Unbreakable, where you know they also featured AJ Styles, but hey, we got the two out of three, which is cool. Uh, we get the question of is Christopher Daniels 100% healed? He says that he is 100% confident that he is going to win. Is it going to be career ending or streak ending, basically? Like I said, the whole thing with Samojo's hair that's pretty cool. Uh, they exchange strikes, kind of to start. Daniels hits two arm drags, and then he hits not one but two hurricane Ranas One of the second one that he hits, it looks like Samojo's going to go for a power bomb, but Daniels is like, "Nope, you're going to go flying into a hurricane rana. Just that was cool. He misses a drop kick, and then Samojo just kicks him away. Uh, after two roll up. Pin attempts by Daniels. Samoa Joe is able to lock in a armbar submission move. Some people call it like a surfboard kind of stretch. I think it's like a modern version of the uh, Rings of Saturn. Or kind of, Tommaso Ciampa kind of does something like that back in the day. So Daniels goes for a springboard moonsault to get some momentum, but Joe's just like, nope, just walks away. We get the classic chop kick knee by Samoa Joe. Daniels, he strikes and hits a drop kick on Samoa Joe. And it looks like he's going to get some of that momentum. It even looks like he's going to try to go for the STO. But Samoa Joe explodes with a snap power slam. That, anytime he hits that power slam, it's just brutal. It hits great. Uh, Daniels catches Joe off guard with a code breaker. I thought, whoa, that was cool. <laughs> he hits an STO on Samoa Joe and hits that Acai Moonsault from the ropes. He hits a Death Valley Driver Samoa Joe hits a power bomb. Normally he goes for like a Boston crab, but he just power bombs him, and that's it. I was like, whoa, this is. I think Joe's kind of off his game here. Daniels tries to go for some strikes, but Joe locks in a triangle hold, and then he locks in an STF. Uh, there's even a point where he just takes his knuckles and he's just grinding it into the side of the head of Christopher Daniels. He's just grinding on it like it's a freaking i trying to remember what they were describing it as. I, I would almost describe it almost like... Just like a screw to the skull. Just literally... Just trying to mess with Daniel's head. Literally. So we see Daniels go for a powerbomb... Onto Joe in the corner. But Joe counters with a hurricane rana And a hard clothesline. Holy hell, was that amazing. Daniels, he hits the Uranagi... And then the best moonsault ever... For a near three count, Daniels kicks Joe uh, while Daniels is on the apron and Joe is down. Daniels from the ring, he does a slingshot elbow drop from the inside of the ring to the outside onto the floor. Just a loud whop, sl- thud where these guys hit. Joe is just literally like, oh my God. And Daniels, literally, his butt is just screaming, oh. My ass is broken. (laughs) Not quite to the point of Nia Jax, but to the point of like, oh, that's going to wreck a tailbone. We see Daniels try to get Samoa Joe back in, and then he tries to get himself in, but Joe hits two kicks onto Daniels, sending him to the outside. We see Samoa Joe hit a face wash onto Daniels, who hits the guardrail. This causes Daniels to bleed in this matchup. Styles comes out, he's kind of observing this whole thing. Daniels and Joe, they trade off strikes between the two of them. Uh, but there's points where Joe hits Daniel so hard that he just completely, and just completely kerfuffled. He's just completely, like his vision is completely messed up. Uh, there's even one point where he tries to go for the Angels' wings onto Samoa Joe, but he just can't because Joe just keeps striking back and he keeps striking hard. Samojo gets him in the corner hits a running uh, shining wizard hit picks him up muscle buster he goes for the Coquino clutch on Daniels but Daniels gets his foot to the ropes so that breaks the hold and then Joe's just like okay he left me no choice he grabs a chair throws it into the ring and it actually almost hits the referee <laughs> Samojo he hits the muscle buster onto the chair and then he is just kicking Daniels over and over again and then Daniels is just down on the ground and he's doing like the Nakamura knees where he has him in like a where how Nakamura does it where he has him like the front face lock and he just drives the knee down to something like that He has Daniels just like literally on his back and He is just doing repeated knees to his head over and over and over again. You just see Daniels is just literally completely out of it bleeding and it almost i am almost at a point where i'm just like this looks really bad i feel like this would have been a moment where i'd see daniel's head just explode like an egg but joe's just you know can keep going over and over and over again and styles is just at a point where he's like i can't take this anymore he grabs the towel that joe brought in and More knees are just coming in. Styles is just telling him, you know, stop, stop. And then finally, Styles throws the towel in for Daniels. Match is over. Samoa Joe, of course, he gets the towel. He's wiping Daniels' face. And it's announced that Samoa Joe retains the X Division Championship. He leaves. He's got his two trophies. His light towel and the X Division Championship. And this was... Oh my God, this match was more brutal than I remember seeing it for the first time. I. It was just. This was a good story that they told it in the ring. The buildup was amazing. And those final moments were literally just kind of heart palping. Just literally like, oh my God, this, this is getting really real. This is getting really, really like scary how. You know, how, how how it was going. So, yeah, I gave this one an A because of the fact that there was so much brutality between everybody and just everything that went down. It just was such a good match. Great storytelling. And I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next, which, if I remember correctly, we're going to see a rematch for the X Division title, which I'll talk more about on the next show. So we go into a backstage deal. Christian Cage... He's talking about how Jeff Jarrett and Monty Brown, they said that you can't trust me. Well, why don't you call my brother, of course, mentioning Edge. Why don't you call Chris Jericho and ask if he can be trusted? And then he just kind of takes him over. he's like, you know, on second thought, let's not do that. Why don't you ask the Christian coalition in the impact zone if I can be trusted? Basically saying that Sting has nothing to worry about. He can trust Christian. But he also says to Jeff that this mid-card comedy act that you were telling me I was before is going to beat you and become the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. And if he would have, you know, finished off by seeing his catchphrase there, it would have been better. But instead, he sa- he says the whole deal. And then he's like, oh, I forgot to mention one more thing. Because that's... And the fans go, how I roll. You know, had he just done the deal where he would have said, you know, I'm going to be... You know, this mid-card comedy act is going to beat you for the NWA World Heavyweight Champion because that's how I roll. That would have been better. If he had not added that little mini thing in the middle, it would have been perfect. But right. Also, the whole that's how I roll catchphrase, it's it's a hit and miss in my opinion so we go into the main event matchup which is Monty Brown and Jeff Jarrett versus Christian Cage and Sting oh and I also need to mention the fact that Christopher Daniels as Mojo was 15 minutes and 30 seconds I feel like I'm at a point where I'm almost going to just forget about the time and just drop it I might just do that for the next show but We'll see. So, this was interesting because I'm so used to hearing the Sting theme song that he had in his later point of TNA. That when I heard the theme song that he had uh, during this show, I was just kind of like, oh, this is is interesting. This is new? I know it's a little bit old because this is before his TNA one. So I was kind of thrown off by that. But I look in, see Sting. He's looking great. Uh, I kept thinking to myself, why does it look like Sting has Abe Knuckleball Schwartz face paint on? And I'm thinking, just just leave it be. Just leave it be. It's Sting. Leave Sting alone. (laughs) So Christian Cage, he gets beaten down a little bit before Sting gets the tag. He comes in. He is just lighting up everybody. He gives a dropkick to... Jeff Jarrett hits a face buster to Brown as well as to Jarrett. We get a stinger splash by Cage to Brown. He goes for the 10 punches on Jeff Jarrett. But then Jeff Jarrett, as Gail Kim distracts the referee, low blows Christian and then throws him out of the ring. And then we see the, this is like, I guess we got to call it a classic Gail Kim moment where she gets on the apron. Referee's distracted. She hits a Hurricane Rana onto Christian, and then Monty Brown throws him into the rails, then throws him back into the ring. Jeff Jarrett hits his dropkick. We see Monty Brown hit two versions of a backbreaker, and then he hits a T-bone suplex. I thought, oh, that's cool. That's cool. Jeff gets crotched onto the ropes, and looks like Christian has an opportunity to make the tag, but Monty Brown decks him. Then we see Monty Brown and Jeff Jarrett. They do a reverse suplex onto the ropes, which I think Mike Tenay calls it a double French suplex. And I thought that's kind of a cool move to kind of call it because I never really know what to call it. So I'm going to call that a double French suplex. Or if somebody gets a suplex and they get thrown to the rod. Or I'm just going to call that a French suplex. I kind of like that. So they hit that on Christian. Christian, he gets suplex. And my round tries to pick him up and go for a superplex. But Christian Cage fights it off. He gets a frog splash. And the fans are chanting, Eddie, 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 Eddie. God, I miss Eddie. miss him so much. So Jeff... And Brown, they look to do a concerto onto Christian, who ducks. They do the classic, you know, hit each other with the chairs and like, ah, our hands are hurt, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Then Christian, he hits a DDT and a reverse STO onto Brown and Jeff Jarrett. I thought that was really cool. We see Sting get in. He's beating down on Jeff and Brown. We see a Stinger splash onto Jeff Jarrett. Brown decks the referee by accident. We get an inverted atomic drop to Jeff Jarrett and then into a scorpion deathlock in the middle of the ring. Jeff Jarrett, he is just tapping out like crazy. Christian's trying to stop Monty Brown from getting involved, but then Brown grabs him and he's like, you know what? Hey, Sting, here's a present for you. He does a fallaway slam, sending Christian into Sting. I thought that was really cool. So Sting and... Christian, they're kind of fighting with each other, like, hey, what are you doing? Why'd you do that? Blah, blah, blah. Money Brown, he looks to deck uh, Sting with the title belt, but Christian literally just throws Sting down to prevent that from happening. Brown misses. He gets thrown out. Sting grabs the NWA world title, and they kind of turn turn around from each other, and then they turn to face each other. Sting's got the belt, and then Christian kind of falls back a bit. It's like, hey, whoa, 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 whoa man. I, I just helped you out, bro. We see Jeff Jarrett get onto the top rope. He gets racked. And then I guess you could say the piece de la resistance. Monty Brown gets thrown right into Jeff Jarrett's balls. I cannot make that any more clear. Team Canada gets involved, but Sting and Cage take them out. Sting hitting a Scorpion death drop while Christian hits a reverse DET. Cage does a dive onto Brown. Jeff Jarrett attacks Sting with the title belt. They get a close three count, but then Sting gets fired up. Excuse me. And they both Christian and Sting meet... Miss the Stinger Splash, but I think Sting was encountering that because he didn't take it as well. So Sting goes to the outside. He grabs his bat. Jeff Jarrett's got his guitar. It looks like he's going to hit Christian Cage with the guitar, guitar when Sting, boom, just destroys the guitar with the bat. Sting hits a scorpion death drop onto Jeff Jarrett for the one, two, three. Jeff Jarrett and Monty Brown are defeated by Christian and Sting at 15 minutes and 35 seconds. In all honesty, guys, I give this one a B. I thought this was a really good matchup. Not exactly perfect. I think maybe some of the interference kind of hurt it a little bit. But for the most part, I really enjoyed the chemistry that Sting and Christian brought into the fold. The fact that, you know, the right people won. If it would have been Monty Brown and Jeff Jarrett, it probably would have gotten the lower grade. But, in all honesty, the match was good. I loved some of the moments in there. We got some classic Sting moments. We got some great moments overall. It was a great show. It was fun. So, overall grading for this one, and it should not come as a surprise to anybody at this point, it's another B-show. Not perfect, but it is one of those shows that I feel like just topped the last show just a little bit. If not... On the same level, and some of the highlights for this were the you know title matches, you know the NWA World Tag Team and the X Division titles matches were great. Uh, Waltman and Raven was a fun matchup. Styles and Tanahashi in the main event, you had some really great moments there, and then that opening six man was spectacular. Honestly, I think between that and the X Division title match they were pretty close neck and neck for match of the night. Uh, Obviously, some of the matches that were kind of lackluster were the, you know, the James Gang versus Diamonds in the Rough. Uh, Trying to go see what else we had here. Oh, yeah, Rudin, Ron Killings again. And I don't... might have to put Abyss and Rhino down there. I still feel like it's a good B matchup, but I think it just barely made it to the B section. So, yeah, no, that has... Everything that I need, and it was an absolutely fun, amazing night of wrestling. And next up is Against All Odds, where the main event is Christian Cage challenging Jeff Jarrett for the NWA World Heavyweight title. I think it's going to be an awesome matchup, and big rematch for the X Division title is on, on hand it's going to be a pretty fun show. So definitely tune in to that next week. Thank you guys so much for listening in. I have been your host for Brace for Impact, Nate the F and great reminding you to always feel free to keep wrestling positive and keep wrestling fun for everyone. We are Wrestle attic radio who you can follow on our Twitter and Instagram at attic underscore Russell. You can also check out some of the great podcasts that we have Including WrestleMania, Kings of the Rings, as well as the Brace for Impact show here. You can also check us out on so many different podcasting formats. We have merchandise, and yeah, we have so many great things on there. So be sure to tune in next week. Obviously, tomorrow you got the Kings of the Rings. They have been absolutely killing it with some of their deals, and I've been trying to sprinkle in every now and then to listen in on their show. A lot of really weird stuff and a lot of stuff where basically you have uh, Kay and Ricky, I feel like, are the two main voices of reason. And then you have Will, who literally, I feel like, loses his mind about every five minutes, if not every 10 minutes. I could be wrong. Please, Kay, please, Kay, Ricky, let me know if I am wrong. Will, your opinion is kind of 50-50 when it comes to that because I've seen, I've seen the show. I've heard the show. And I know that there's some points where you just snap. I'm just saying. So for that, ladies and gentlemen, I've been Nate the Effing Great. You can follow me on Instagram as well as on Twitter at Real Effing Game. And feel free to also check out the Chain Game Changer podcast that I host on the side, where I talk about pop culture, do interviews, as well as do some like fantasy bookings and rewrites for movies. It's a lot of fun, you guys. Thank you so much for listening in. I will see you guys in the next episode for next week. Toodles.